0: December 18th, Revelation chapter 9, verses 1 through 21. Then the fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I, John, saw a star that had fallen to earth from the sky, and he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. When he opened it, smoke poured out, as though from a huge furnace, and the sunlight and air were darkened by the smoke. Then locusts came from the smoke and descended on the earth, and they were given power to sting like scorpions. They were told not to hurt the grass or plants or trees, but to attack all the people who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were told not to kill them, but to torture them for five months with agony like the pain of scorpion stings. In those days, people will seek death But will not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee away. The locusts looked like horses armed for battle. They had gold crowns on their heads, and they had human faces. Their hair was long, like the hair of a woman, and their teeth were like the teeth of a lion. They wore armor made of iron, and their wings roared like an army of chariots rushing into battle they had tails that stung like scorpions, with power to torture people. This power was given to them for five months. Their king is the angel from the bottomless pit. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek, Apollyon, the destroyer. The first terror is past, but look, two more terrors are coming. Then the sixth angel blew his trumpet and I heard a voice speaking from the four horns of the gold altar that stands in the presence of God. And the voice spoke to the sixth angel who held the trumpet. Release the four angels who are bound at the great Euphrates River. And the four angels, who had been prepared for this hour and day and month and year, were turned loose to kill one-third of all the people on earth. They led an army of two hundred million mounted troops, I heard an announcement of how many there were, and in my vision I saw the horses and the riders sitting on them. The riders wore armor that was fiery red and sky blue and yellow. The horses' heads were like the heads of lions, and fire and smoke and burning sulfur billowed from their mouths. One-third of all the people on earth were killed by these three plagues, by the fire and the smoke and burning sulfur that came from the mouths of the horses. Their power was in their mouths, but also in their tails, for their tails had heads like snakes with the power to injure people. But the people who did not die in these plagues still refused to turn from their evil deeds. They continued to worship demons and idols made of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood. Idols that neither see nor hear nor walk, and they did not repent of their murders or their witchcraft or their immorality or their thefts.
1: Hello and welcome to Transformation Radio. Today I'm your host, Wes Thompson. Happy uh, for you to listen in and hopefully you're encouraged today. So welcome. Well, again, welcome to Transformation Radio. Today is part five of five. It's our last installment of uh, the Refuge story. And so, again, I hope you've enjoyed um, this story. I hope you've some of you have heard this before, and hopefully, the reminder is is uplifting and encouraging for you. And if this is new, um, you know, I think there's a lot of interesting anecdotes to. Um, how we've gotten where we are today. And so um, we're working on many more conversations to share with you. And um, I hope you're well, and I hope you enjoy.
2: It's like we've got it. Now I'm in. we got to keep going in discipleship with these guys until we have no other thing that we have to provide. In other words, you have all the opportunity to go from start till death We'll even marry and bury you all the way to the end. And and it's a full, complete package as much as you want. So this is not like the opportunities aren't here. You have every opportunity to walk it out and we'll be with you to the end. So that was where the church piece came in to say, we got to have something to keep the community together, to keep the relationships that are trusting to go beyond the refuge structure and residence. That was the, that was the need. And of course, that's when you were approached, and quite frankly, as you remember, Wes, that that really came from our board member. Bob had sensed that maybe we should ask you, and I just didn't think that was even on your radar. I didn't know where that was, but I well, it I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, and so that that was a blessing to me that you had that uh, sense of, of of coming on board, and and you prayed through that. And that was a big sacrifice on your part as well, and so that's kind of how all that all that came about. So.
1: Just wanting to have that that continued community, the opportunity for continued community for the men and now the women um, post time in the refuge, and yes. so it really so so it's yeah so refuge church twenty thirteen merged with Veritas twenty fifteen um, really the DNA of that, um, and I know that. You know, this past season has been challenging with COVID and it was challenging navigating not only pastoring the men and women, but then their families and then just people, just community people that, you know, and we started in Grove City and we moved, you know, we can talk about that in a further time, but then ending up um, at the building that, that it's in. But just the DNA was, we want to have a place. This is, this is is This is the Refuge Men's Church. Like, that's what the vision was in 2013. Uh-huh. And
2: a big piece to it, West, in the vision was Isaiah sixty-one. I was following those scriptures pretty intently because that was the original back when I said before Luke four eighteen. I just I, that that engulfed me. That kept attracting me. And Isaiah sixty-one one through four is like wow. I could see how that would flow within our structure, and I saw it as being relational. And then it went towards healing, and then it went towards that these guys would be of oaks of righteousness. They would literally be just the strongest trees planted in a a community. And then four was rebuild the ruined cities. So that was the one I was yet to come that I kept looking, what is that? And that was where I was like, wow, could it be that God would use us to go back into the places that many of the men come from the broken places and be able to build a community in the midst of broken communities to redeem them? And could we start a community there? and, and, And really that can keep a bigger picture, a bigger vision than ourselves when we leave. It's like, wow, it's not about me. It is about what God can do for all of us to be a community together to change a city. That can be exciting, not just, you know, coming out of the refuge and getting a job, but what is my purpose and how can I be used for all these wasted days that I keep looking with regret every one of those days can count for the next guys that I'm getting ready to go to. Yeah. And that could be exciting. And I just saw that as can we, could it be that God can change cities through the men and that that's been a challenge. So then the church piece in that for the gathering and community. And now you're talking about a bigger community because now guys are getting married and you got to meet women, good godly women and raise your kids in a place. So that's where the church.
1: Yeah. It's beautifully complicated. (laughs) and then you got project 614 which also coincided with the church which is still a fledgling um program but something that we're super excited about we'll we'll talk about it more in the future We're, we're deeply invested in um one of the large reasons that i came on board um this vision of not only creating a um a faith community that gathers every week and that that is accountable and is rooted in a neighborhood but also this project 614 that really is about living and existing within uh Franklinton and hilltop to see that those those that, that that kind of renewal of a city that that you talked about in isaiah 61 4 which is where project 614 comes from and just this idea yeah those first four verses just this image of, of from ashes to beauty just that god restores not only broken people but broken places and broken communities and and how? What a tangible way to be used to, um, to you know, for for the men and women who feel called and led to um, to allow their story, to help others people's stories in in a actual place. So that's exciting. Um, we think
2: think of the location of where we've been since way back when, and now we're. I didn't know a drug epidemic was coming in twenty years, and I didn't know that Hilltop would be one of the you know the highest drug yeah. overdose rates. I mean, we're in the middle of ground zero of exactly a purpose of what God's redeeming to send an army to go be a part of. I mean, it's just, when you look back and step back, you can't yeah. you can't put all this together. I mean, I you just have to start looking at the providence and sovereignty of God at one point in time and say, okay, there is a God. And that's the beauty of this.
1: Yeah, because Jeff, you know, you mentioned Jeff Winters, but you guys have been in the neighborhood, but, you know, a little longer than 10 years before everyone really started talking about you know, heroin epidemic and so on and so forth. And yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, Hilltop in particular has been the neighborhood that, that at least the city of Columbus has identified as being one of the most, yeah, prob- problematic neighborhoods when it comes to human trafficking, when it comes to, to um, drug, drug problems. So yeah, it's really interesting.
2: The other piece to this that you had mentioned the staff and uh, just to speak to that real quickly, I, I, I cannot say enough about the, men that came at the beginning and, and how God used them and really just built the ministry on their shoulders. I mean, they, yeah. they, they put in hours and hours and gave up their life. I mean, it, it was, they were in the trenches and, and the problem with that was at that time is it, it was just a flurry of activity, a constant pioneering and digging up dirt to start something and build a foundation. But all that led to a lot of burnout because we didn't have what, quite frankly, God's brought and used you mightily in right now in this season is just some good what you consider soul care and mm. helping the staff stay healthy and focusing on the staff as, as well as the men. And and I did not do well at that because I, I really didn't have capacity at the time to even see straight in time and margin and all that. You just had to keep going and keep it alive because I was the bookkeeper, the marketing guy, the, the pastor yeah. guy. And the I mean, you just, you're doing it all and, and you don't, you don't even know what day it is. Yeah. So how we got through that's only the grace of God to even get where we are today. And I, I got a feeling it's going to be the same forever. It's going to constantly be God's grace. that gets us to the next level. Yeah. Um, but that's how I feel. And the staff came to a place of burnout. And I know that we all knew it, but we were so intently loyal to the, to the men and the cause and the calling that we out, a lot of us out out wore our welcome. We, we were done. We were toast. We were burnt and we needed revived and refreshed ourselves. And many of the men came through the ministry and never left. So they never had the opportunity to go out and, and, and experience what it was to follow Christ outside of this model. Yeah. And so they've been there 10 years uh, without really, testing their wings and flying and, and going outside the ministry. One of them just the other day, I've got a coin back, but Brad Morton called me. So there's still connection there with guys from way back That's when. Great. Um,
1: and yeah. I'm we so have good. a, we have a phenomenal staff, but yeah, they're definitely standing on top of the shoulders of guys that have really put a lot in. And I think even that led to even some transition with you, obviously, you know, like you said, just man, pioneering something new and, and just kind of punching through it for, for 15 plus years. Um, And you're obviously still in it, but your roles changed, you know, over the past several years and how has it been navigating that? That's been uh,
2: quite difficult actually with, with coming out of what I would consider burnout. I mean, you're just, you're, you're, you're wondering, you know, (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I was a little jaded. It, it really got to where the, I'd hear the men talk about how bad Phase One was, and I've been here three weeks, and I, and I just want—I just wanted to cringe because I—I was like, dude, I've been here seventeen years. I can't leave, and I, you know, it's like you're talking about three weeks, and I've been here seventeen years. I barely hit you, you know. You don't understand. I, the same thing you're going through, I go through. I mean, all staff battles uh, the thoughts of I, I want to get out of here. This is too much. I can't. I can't take any of this guy drives me crazy. You know, that's real. And I'd been through all that and felt that wanted to leave that and needed some R and R. I needed a breath of fresh air. And, uh, so leaving for a season, meaning not leaving the ministry, but leaving the position and then you coming in. And then the next piece that we've been led to of course, go towards where God wants to go is expansion, which is, you know, taking, taking what we have here and, serving others that are called to do it elsewhere. So that's that next season. And my journey in that is it's brought me new passion, new excitement. So that's where the majority of my focus is now is, is can the discipleship model that God has established here, can that go out and can we serve others to help multiply disciples in other places? And uh, as we go towards changing a city, as we change within ourselves, can we change other cities for Christ? I mean, that's exciting. To where yeah. now you're now you're,
1: yeah, and that kind of goes into what was going to be kind of a two part last question is just kind of how would you define where we're at now? Um, what's the next season look like? What do you look forward to? Um, is that is that how you would summarize it, or, or or what do you? Yeah, is there anything else you would add to that?
2: just in regards to before that transition or vision
1: forward. Yeah. Just how would you define kind of the point we're at now? Cause we've kind of talked about where we've been, but just what's now. And then what, what do you see the future look like
2: now is incredible because number one, um, we have been, uh, we've really fallen onto something in discipleship and, and biblically of, um, you know, 2 Timothy 2, 2 of disciples making disciples, making disciples. I mean, the incredible coordinators and the incredible directors and, and the staff and support and all the people God sent us. It's just right now, it feels just so at peace and so right on with it's There's a glue to what's happening now in unity. It's like everybody's in the right place with the right gift at the right time. And there's nothing more sweet than that. You you want to hang out there if you can for, for a while. And it's like to think what's next. It's almost like can we just can, and we've been able to do some of that. Is just chill together, know one another, go deeper. And that's really your part, Wes, and what you've been bringing health wise. And and I'm just so excited about who brought, God has brought us right now, and just their hearts, and everybody's in in the heart. They're in on their calling. It's not a job. It's not just something to do. Everybody's both feet. And I don't, I don't think there's anything better to be a part of than people that are called, not hired. Um, and that's what I'm just so excited about our current state. So it's, we love one another. We need to model what we're expecting and what the Lord does in our community with the men. We got to be doing it at all levels. And That I believe is happening. And I believe that's our model the biggest part for where we're going next has to do with where we are now because we're, we can't replicate uh, things that that aren't excellent. So, so our current state now has got to continue to be what's producing fruit and disciples. So we can then glean from that and send it out. And then sending leaders out right now is huge. Just getting our coordinators in a, in a position to give them opportunities to, to take what's in them here, to take it somewhere else. That's our that's our secret formula of what's to come. So just to see where the coordinators have come from in the last six years and to watch the growth and maturity and the health and just the love that they have for God. And for, for one, of them, it's, it's been incredible to see the transition and the debt, the more depth, even in staff. And again, it's not to say that who we had before wasn't, it's just seasons uh, from glory to glory to glory. You just keep going deeper and deeper. And that's the way it should be. Um, even in, in families, you know, the father wants more for his son and the son should be able to go farther than the father if if he's been given things, equipped things and resourced. And and that's just what I've seen. It's it's yeah. really going to new generations right now. Um, the other piece right now is, I didn't know we had, I, I've been outward, external meaning connecting the refuge to, to places in a long time because we really went towards the marketplace. And so going to churches and all that stopped a long time ago to the degree we were doing it. And in the last three years, currently I've been able to go out and I was pretty amazed by kind of the street cred of the refuge on the street. I'm hearing a lot of people that are looking to us as a premier place of what God's doing in, in the faith community, Um, secular community. I don't know if we're out there as much. I know that we are, but I know the faith community, I'm, I'm hearing that. So currently, we're looked at as a credible place that is fruitful, that glorifies God, that's biblically based, and, and most importantly, that produces results that that are better than anything out there, what you would consider a different approach. So that's kind of where we are currently in the view of others externally, which provides us with some amazing opportunities to come because then people want to be a part of that bigger picture of where we're going next. So we are positioned right now. Like I've never, of course, first of all, didn't have time to see it when you're in the weeds of it, but since I've got my head out of it, I'm like, Whoa, I I didn't know we were positioned like we are till I started hearing others. Tell me what we are. Mm -hmm. They're telling me more about us than I'm telling them which is interesting because we haven't been out there, in my my opinion, in my mind. I haven't been out there going crazy sharing about us. But all the guys, again, that leave here go talk. And that starts to, to multiply over the years. Um, so, no, we are in a great state right now for what's to come. And I'm very, very humbled by it, excited by it, and uh, quite frankly, to be honest, a little nervous by it because it just means um, – you know, just, just a a, a new level that again, we have to trust God and, and by his grace and by our faith to believe in him, that's what's going to take us there.
1: That's great. Well, I think that's a good place to, uh, to wrap it up at least for now. So thanks for sharing the story. Um, it's, it's exciting to hear the amazing faith journey, um, especially those early years. I mean, but, but really throughout there's been, there's been, I think with anything there's, um, there's never not an opportunity to trust God and and make calculated risk and sometimes just pretty crazy faith risk. But um, to hear those early years, hear how it's developed and it is now and just the excitement about the future of being able to help other people do this and send out coordinators to other places and launch um, the men and women into into jobs and and families and, um, it's exciting. And I think, I think it's only going to get better. Well, I hope you enjoyed our final installment of the refuge story. Um, I really hope this was encouraging to you We're we're working to uh, provide you with more conversations and uh, I'm excited to be able to share those with you, but until that time, um, stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll talk soon.